Hey guys, uh, thanks for checking out Dick and Skippy. This show was recorded on March 2nd, 2020. It was uh, live broadcasted on Lone Star Community Radio's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, of course, IRLoneStar.com worldwide. Uh, today's guest was Dr. J. Uh, Jamal Rahimi. He is a local ER doctor here in the Montgomery County area who practices out at Kingwood. And he was in the studio just to kind of talk doctor stuff. Also, uh, his suture buddy, which is a training, uh, best way to describe it, it's training skin to work on your suture skills. So uh, visit him online at uh, thesuturebuddy.com uh, and also uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. You can find that info in the description. It was a fun show. He came in around the one hour mark. So if you just want to skip uh, skipping eyes BS, that's a way to do it. I want to say a special thanks to our sponsors here on Lone Star Community Radio's Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We got Bean Punk Coffee, guys. Uh, Bean Punk Coffee is located in downtown Conroe, Texas. So when you're visiting the courthouse because you're about to go to jail, your last cup of good Joe can be found at Bean Punk Coffee. It's located at 330 North Main Street. They have a phone number 936 266 7632. They serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they have high quality coffee drinks, teas, and all that kind of good stuff. If you're looking for your uh, office cleaning, uh, office to be cleaned, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning serves the Montgomery County area to one time to schedule cleaning. They clean the studio. They do a good job, and they're big partners and supporters of Dick and Skippy in the morning. Call them today at 832-689-7996. And then, of course, C3 Creative Content Creations. They help us out here on Dick and Skippy by doing all our commercials, except this lovely intro, which I do on the fly. They do video, social media. They do script writing. They do all of it. If it's creative and tangible, they do it. Visit them online at c3thewoodlands.com. If you're interested in being a sponsor and supporting Dick and Skippy, our morning show, it's really easy. Uh, it's crazy, right? Uh, you can just call us, leave a message at uh, 936-228-9368. That's a call text line. Feel free to text us there. Or you can email us at dickandskippy at gmail.com. Same thing if you want to be a guest. Uh, we really love today's guest with Dr. Jamal in the studio, and we love people like that. So if you or you know somebody who's interesting like that, uh, give us a call, give us a chat, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, people coming up, just to remind you before we get into today's show, is uh, on Wednesday the 4th, we have Jay Stittleberg. He's a local politician guy running for politics, all that good stuff. Uh, and then we also have a Friday open to folks. So Friday is completely open right now. I believe that's going to be on the 6th. And then, of course, on the following Monday, we're going to have Gina Gilstrap. She's going to be – or Gilstrap, sorry. She's going to be in. She's a lawyer. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for listening to Dick and Skippy. Let's get on to today's show. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC Conroe. And worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Born to be kings, we're the princes of the universe. All right. It's March 2nd, 2020, here on Dick and Skipping the Morning, broadcasting live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Make sure to watch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. Now, we are on Facebook, right? Because I haven't gotten the uh, announcement says yet. we are. Okay. So usually, I hope we are. Usually it pops up. And there we're also is. on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. And then, uh, yeah, worldwide, IrelandStar.com, which we're changing. 
to IRLoneStar.org. Say what? So we're changing What that news is soon, this? But we're still going to keep the uh, .com. It's one of those presentation things where you got to look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, I keep Boy. T- I keep t- I keep <laughs> reminding screwed. myself that's every morning like what do I need to do to make it look like I know what I'm doing and uh, the first thing is always you gotta make your bed people always judge if you have like a messy room I just don't let people into my bedroom and that's why I lit Holly that's why I got married to Holly thanks Holly so she makes you make the bed she makes the bed oh she oh she makes yeah, the she's bed she's a spider monkey she can she can jump around oh that's right I'm like I'm, I'm I'm, she can uh, bounce I'm on the Murtaugh. bed. I'm Murtaugh not... from Lithwell. I'm too old for this. <laughs> well, she can. Holly's so so light that she can bounce on the bed and not even crease the the covers. Yeah, we had a great weekend because we cleaned the house this weekend. And uh, you it was, party nut, get out of here! It was uh, very adventurous because I found most of my socks, <laughs> and then I found uh, probably the most shocking thing I found was about four halfway used tubes of toothpaste. That were still good to go, but they were in like a different drawer. Like I was like, "What's going on here? Why do you have a thing against toothpaste when it's not full?" Because I can totally see someone having a tick like that. It's like, oh, or anything that's half full. Is no, see, I'm the guy. I'll take a steam. I'll run to steamroller. No, I have a thing that you and push. I have a thing <coughs> that, that, that so I'm the opposite. Push. I will get every last drop out of a toothpaste tube so, before I go on to the next. I know. One. I was just wondering if she had one of those conditions where anything half full is or half empty, whichever. Well, it's way like you look at it. there are those who drive like me i'll get it down to the empty light and then i know i've got 41 miles at least because i've taken it that yeah. far so then there are those that you get under a quarter of a tank low and they're freaking out they got to get to the gas station so who's right who's wrong people have weird ticks but yeah so that was our weekend it was, okay uh, it was toothpaste and bed making and then uh the bowling alley's doing well so yeah 300, 300 bowl. bowl so you guys need to check it out if you haven't, it's uh, it's do it. They're doing stuff. I've, I've I learned some interesting things about that place though, because they have a bar there, and the bar was built before the church that they share the parking lot with, and they were describing it. And I want to know if any permit people or this is true. Basically, they were telling me is they can't really do any hard construction on the bar because they have to close it down, and if you close down the bar, that's the loophole. That's why the church went in next to it. And then the church basically is the newer or the older building, which that nullifies the the bar. That's I'm surprised it was a bar because usually churches will do that with an SOB, a sexually oriented business. Well, no, because the well, 300 has been there for 50 years, so that's what I'm saying. The bar was there first, mm-hmm. and so it's yeah, but of, that, that's what I mean is that if you have a bar, a church will move or, or SOB, a church will move in. Yeah, but I doubt that's why they built that church. I mean, there's a bar literally down the street. Okay. So I doubt they're like, oh, we got to get rid of these bars from the bowling alley. Yeah, well, it's these bowlers. They're the devil's bowlers. So I wonder if there's some way around that. that. You know, I'm going to start a team, and we're going to be the devil's bowlers. Beelzebub's bowlers. Oh, there's some inappropriate names for bowling teams. Well, yeah, but see, I want it where it sounds worse than it truly is. But this weekend was the uh, rodeo cook-off in Houston. The rodeo cook-off. Did you partake? No, I don't. You know, it's funny is I had several people ask me if I go to the rodeo because they're like, yeah, you seem like a rodeo guy. And I go, no, I'll never go to the Houston Livestock and Rodeo, probably ever again voluntarily because it's just chaos. The whole I've area been there more times is, than I thought I've been because I'm not much of a rodeo guy. Yeah. But I've been there, I think, half a dozen times like, over I the I like decades. going to the rodeo, but, like, when you get there and you have to do everything they do at Reliant, it's just – it's crazy. Mm. 
Now, taking the train, the metro thing, that to me seems more bearable. But uh, it's just I can't I can't stand going driving there, finding a place. I mean, it's crazy. It's like going to a Texans game. Texans games are nuts. Yes. So I don't know why people do it, but especially on a Sunday when they're drunk. Like, that doesn't seem like a lot of fun. Yeah, stay at home and drink to your yeah. heart's content without fear, with impunity. Well, yeah. Hey, you, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to listener Skyler who piped in, or who popped on. Hey, Skyler. Skyler. But did you know that uh, the XFL Renegade team is undefeated? They are undefeated. Yeah. The, the reason I know this is Halfway my through the phone opted to tell me. So basically, we have a team that is actually succeeding in the one oh, job no. for they're which they're paid. Caught. They're going to be doing something illegal. Are they going to steal signs? They were breaking fingers or doing something. I don't know. I have no idea. They're going to get caught. Filling, they're, they're filling the football with helium, so you get more lift on it. Yeah. I wonder if that would work. I think they actually had a segment about that during the XFL over the weekend. Was like the team, I think that's a rule. Teams are allowed to... You can fill your ball with whatever, whatever you, gas well, you no, want. No, I think it's like you can fill your ball with whatever pressure, amount of pressure you want. I think that's what it was. I kind of – see, the thing about football is like commentating stuff, I'm not really into it, but if it's on, I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. I'll watch it while someone, you know, like we're eating or something. I'll be like, oh, that's fun. My guy's getting hit in the face. And uh, <laughs> You have issues, Dick. Well, do you not watch boxing or anything like that? No. I uh, Because it's two men literally trying to kill each other. Yeah, well, you not you or two that. women you or – You that stuff? Um – Sure, but put them in a gladiator ring with lions and stuff. Yeah. Pick a religion you don't like no, and throw no, them I down like, there. I like the slow, twisted way to die where, like, they put the softest gloves on, so it's just, like, little peter-patters, and then it's, like, after 4,000 of those, a guy <clears> collapses. <throat> like, oh, yeah. It's like the metal fatigue on a plane. It doesn't happen <laughs> overnight, but over, over time. No, I, I think, well, again, the most fun I ever had watching boxing was here with LT Gray Promotions. Those mm-hmm. People know what they're doing, man. That's so much fun because it wasn't really, like, it wasn't, a big event in a sense of like going to Reliant and dealing with that kind of stuff. But you got to see some quality boxing and uh, yeah, I enjoy that. that okay. Fun. I can't believe I don't like that stuff. It's sad. <laughs> I can't believe I don't, you want to I was going to invite you next time. Be my, my honored guest. Okay. For me, I, I think I would never watch it like over the TV or whatnot, but it's almost like a football game. I've been to one Texans game and it was the very first game they played in Reliant because I was with a city organization that we all got seats there. So it was cool, but I would not pay on my own that much money and that much grief to go through parking and be in traffic for hours to do it uh, unless – well, I'd watch it on TV. Yeah. So, like, for boxing, I wouldn't watch it on TV, but if it was, like, I think the experience – because that first game was amazing, uh, the Texans game that I was at. You know, just experiencing it. I was just put off by the price and, and the grief. Well, it's all but, downhill from there. But if you and I, the first if, game. If, if you took me to a boxing thing, I'd probably get off on it. I'd get caught up in the moment with everyone yeah, else, the fun. mob mentality. It's yeah, fun. kill him, kill him. Well, you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say kill him, kill him? No. Kill her, kill I her. I found that out. You're not supposed to say, like, anything that is offensive. Well, no, it's something, it's more of like, you can't, Violent. Say, you can't say anything negative about a boxer. Or like, you can't say you suck. Why not? Because apparently it's not, I got yelled at. So I was like, okay, I guess we're not supposed to. Wait, so we're literally watching two individuals attempting to to cause brain damage on each other, but we can't offend their sensibilities by saying you suck. No. Okay. Uh, Yeah. You know what I just said about if I, you know, you took me to boxing, I might enjoy it. Yeah, I take that back. That's that's stupid. You're still getting hit. That's stupid. 
They're still getting hit in the face. Like, yeah, they're getting hit in the face, but we can't, we can't hurt their. That's one thing. I, 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 that's one thing. I, it kind of confuses me about MMA. When you watch MMA, when they start going into the tackling portion of it mm-hmm. or the wrestling, I, I, I don't understand how you can watch that. But like, unless it's on TV, because if you're sitting and you're like, you have this cage, and then your view is already obscured with the cage. Yeah, I get that. And you're like. I can't tell who has who. Can't tell. Can we? Can we put like white? They pants? need little drones they need flying white around. White pants and they need black pants or something. You know, they mm-hmm. need to have a rule so I know our gloves. So that way I know that's like, oh, that's that guy's hand, not the other guy's hand. That's tattoo quick. their numbers on their back. So I mean, I like don't know jerseys. There you go. I don't know, but uh, well, someone. So you had a pretty violent weekend, or yeah, all the time. My, me, not so much. Yeah. Uh, mine was more theatrical. Well, yeah, you're still doing those stupid plays. Well, no, actually. Right. They weren't mine. Oh, or did you go see them? I, know. I did. So I, yesterday at Stageworks, I saw uh, She Loves Me, which is a musical. Now, did you ever see the Tom Hanks movie, You've Got Mail? Yeah. Did you hear about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's based off of a movie in the 50s with Jimmy Stewart called The Shop Around the Corner, which in, in turn was based... Yeah, they based, make several references in the movie. Right, which in turn was based off of a Bulgarian short story and play from the 30s. And so this musical is based on that original 30s. I is that... Czechoslovakian movie oh, uh, shop on Main Street. Oh, I'm sure that's probably another about, variation about of a it. very sad Jewish tale during. Yeah, the no, that's not this. So it was it was really really good. I, I was impressed like with they it. They really changed the story. <laughs> I was impressed with this musical because uh, you know on the surface you think a musical set in 1930s Bulgaria about two people writing letters to each other, not realizing that they work with each other, so they hate each other in real life, but they love each other from their pen pal relationship. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it, it, man, it's beautiful, beautiful story, great acting, uh, great directing. I, I was impressed with it. And then. Are you talking about the Bulgarian film or are you talking about the one that. The play that I just saw, okay. yeah, musical I just saw. And then the night before, uh, the missus and I took the daughter out to Old Town Spring. You ever been to Puffa Bellies out there in Old Town Spring? Yeah. It's one of those places where, you know, you can throw peanuts on the floor yeah. and stuff. Well, there's a theater company called Old West Melodrama. Oh, great. That three or four times a year, they put on a big melodrama there. And this is where you buy popcorn for a buck a bag and you throw it at the bad guys and, and stuff. And it's really rowdy. That's fun. And I used to take my daughter there when she was younger all the time. You know, like three or four times a year. Of course, teaching young children to throw food at someone else. Well, it really, my, my daughter's very introverted. And this is one of the things that just... Bring it out of her. She just love to do that. Maybe put some boxing gloves on her. Well, I, I probably could. So for old time's sake, because and this is so what we're h- leading to. How do you to. feel about MMA when women fight? That's to me the Oh, craziest. there was this one. I got to look up her name. She's a, a, a great fighter and a stunning beauty. Cyborg? No, no. She's, uh, her name begins with a G, like Giancarla or something like that. I got to look it up. But I was watching this uh cage match on like I was in a sports bar I think it was at Wolfie's and she was not only again empirically just really very attractive but also as a fighter she just owned yeah. the cage and I was kind of enthralled with her but going back to the uh the the melodrama the, the punchline to this is my daughter in three days is turning 18 okay so this was my final chance to ha- hold on to her well it means that Come As Thursday, all my my kids are adults. Are you kicking? Are they gone? Are you done? You're like, huh? <laughs> well, I'll be an official empty nester. Um, so you know, I've got. Oh, it's kind of exciting. I got it? two kids it's and not two. Like you don't do what you wanted to do anyway. Well, no. Well, here's the thing. I mean, 
the missus and I, we pretty much do what we want anyways because uh, the the other kids are grown. Um, my they two stepchildren. Well, yeah, these, you know, my two stepchildren are adults. My son's an adult, and now my daughter's about to become an adult. Now that's fun. You know, now my daughter's not like running off to enlist tomorrow. You know, on Friday, but it's at that point from eighteen, she's responsible for her own. Vo- you know, she votes. In fact, I'm going to be believe- very excited. She believes in a better future for the circus. She thinks it should make a comeback, so she's joined the circus. No, my daughter's very much an animal lover in that she's wanted to be an ornithologist since she was six years old. So like a bird a, doctor. A bird doctor? Yeah, she's really into it. So she's That's really weird. She's seen, actually you ever seen a bird put under. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It is. So she's gone back and forth because a couple of years ago she discovered computer animation and that she's really good at it. I mean, freaky good at it. Um, so she's deciding if she wants to pursue ornithology or computer animation or somehow kind of meld the two. I don't know how. So she's going to be like hitting low. Well, she could be college. like our guest today where they make practice. Now, uh, yeah, we do have a special guest coming in at 10. Yeah. Uh, Jamal, uh, you got to pronounce the last name for me. Jahami. Jahami. Right, Rahimi, I think. Is it Rahimi? Did I put a T? I don't, I don't think know. there's a T. I Anyhow, it up. yeah, well, Jamal, Doctor Jamal, yeah, who's an MD, suit your buddy. He's going to be coming in. Not only is he uh, a doctor, like you know, a real doctor, not a fake doctor, like you know, doctor of philosophy or dentistry, but you know, a real man. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's actually responds. He responds to you if someone goes, "There a doctor here." I mean, I hope he responds, but yeah, I'm a doctor of French literature. Go away. But, yeah, he'll be... I would, you wouldn't even say anything if you're a doctor of French literature. Oh, I would. You would. That'd be, like, you, the only reason I would get my biggest, doctorate. You'd be the biggest lit now. I know. Room. That's oh. the whole point. Is there an ichthyologist in the house? Uh, no, right. Is there an entomologist in the house? Yeah, that's me. I can parse words. Well, she could do that. She could probably make some animation, interactive animation. Well, that's my thought. She's going to try and figure it out. how many people really have experience of working on birds unless the bird is really in trouble? Well, now there could be a fake bird, and are that's what we're going to be birds? talking about. Are there oh, yeah. cadaver birds? Of course there are. They're everywhere. Just walk down the street. Sooner or later, you'll find one. Why do you have 30 cats on your property? <laughs> You're right. Oh, yeah, but Dr. Business. Jamal here is going to be coming in at 10 o'clock to talk about so one of the things he does. Uh, he's not only is he a doctor, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. And he's invented something called the Suture Buddy. We're going to talk all about it, amongst other things. But I think we're going to get him to talk about, like, coronavirus, maybe health care. You know, it's funny. I want to talk about coronavirus because, you know, ironically, what, uh, unfortunately, I know that things going on and a lot of people are suffering from it. But uh, Mulan... No, oh, the, the been, live action they're, remake. Of, they're pretty much on the cusp of canceling the uh, the premiere, the premiere in China, which inadvertently is the main reason they cut all the singing and the dragon Mishu and all that from the movie. Is because they wanted to make it more an open, more open for a more an open audience. Because mm-hmm. apparently China doesn't dig Mulan when they sing. And, okay, and have a fake dragon. As Eddie Murphy voices. <laughs> so. Yeah, obviously the coronavirus, and we'll talk about it when Jamal's in the studio with us. Uh, Tahimi. I thought it was Rahimi. I think you put a T instead of an R. I think it's I'll Rahimi. Check. Yeah, here we go. There you go. You figure that out. Because we can we can change our stuff in real time. But, yeah, we'll talk about it because, obviously, it's a hot-button topic. It's inevitably becoming very politicized. Yeah, you're right. Let me fix it. There you go. It's inevitably become very politicized. Which uh, just cracks me up. Um, of course, be careful. We've had two deaths in the United States um, oh, from coronavirus or com- from complications of coronavirus. 
and that's two. Now, don't forget uh, H1N1, that swine flu from a few years ago, 2,800 Americans died before the president at the time declared in a state of emergency. So, you know. You know what my wife was telling me? And I'm, I'm, we can ask the, Jamal this. Mm-hmm. She goes, it's, she told me the H1N1 came from bats that pooped in food that were fed to pigs. Yeah, well, if you ever saw the movie Contagion, that's kind of how that whole thing began. And and she basically said that a lot of, like, she she made some, she probably reads some medical stuff that I don't know how she gets a hold of, but she basically said that a lot of people eat really unhealthy in the world Mm -hmm. in the sense of where they get the food, how they keep the food. And that's, or like, she said something about, like, three of the last five major pathogens or whatever came from these animals somehow morphing into something that like, for example, the, uh, the thing that was in the bat can't affect humans the way it's built. Mm-hmm. But when it got into the pig, it formed into right. something that could. And that's literally the, the plot of the origin of the contagion that, that wipes out a lot of the population in the movie contagion, the Barry Sonnenfeld movie, which is really effective because it wasn't like a Michael Bay movie. It was very realistic. It's like, okay, we have a, a possible vaccine, but it's going to take a year to mass produce it. You know, it's just not like, you know, in the Michael Bay movies overnight, we got the vaccine and all of a sudden there are 6 billion hypos ready to go. But yeah, uh, uh, same thing. Once you find the origins of this, and of course we have, it was in a lab, it wasn't in a lab. It's, 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 uh, the current administration is using it to, to say, don't look at the, uh, Mueller report and the other side. Everyone's blaming everyone else. Fact is that, be careful. The flu kills substantially more people. Now, here's the possibility. Like with the Spanish flu, I think it had a 2.5% mortality rate. Um, you know, if you caught it yet, and it wiped out a lot of people because a lot of people got it. Now, apparently, coronavirus, and this is early days, so a lot of this is conjecture, is not as contagious as the flu, but it's more severe than the flu if you do get it. So it's not just like the contagion factor, but also how badly it affects you. So seriously, peeps, you know, CDC itself has even said, don't buy masks. You know, people are wiping off the mask. My mom came home with five big bottles of uh, the, the Purell, the, the hand sanitizer. And I told her, okay, you've got like three years worth now. But it made her feel better. I encouraged her to take a couple of them back for the next person. But now the CDC did say this. CDC also did accidentally release someone in San Antonio who was positive. So everyone's fallible. But just... Exercise a little common sense, folks, and of course we'll talk with Dr. Jamal Rahini, uh, who'll be in about 10 o'clock, about your best line of defense uh, when it comes to coronavirus or the flu, because we're all forgetting about the flu right now, and that's running rampant too. So that's that, but I'm really looking forward to talking to Dr. Jamal. I'm still fixing it. <clears throat> Are you fixing his name? Jamal, what's the other thing? Oh, and Sutra, but there we go. He's taking care of it. Hold on, I'm going to clear my throat real quick. Hold the phone. Impromptu stuff. There we go, yeah, because you can tell we're live. Anyhow, so it is also the day before Super Tuesday. It is, I guess if we have like Fat Tuesday uh, for before Ash Wednesday, then we should have something blank Monday for Super Tuesday, the eve of Super Tuesday, quiet Monday. Uh, robocall. Oh, robocall Monday, because my phone's already been blowing up by a lot of candidates that if you knew one thing about me, you know, I'm not going to be voting for you. 
So, but I got to admire the tenacity. So I would like to find out the numbers from early voting. How, uh, well, yeah, is, is that already released? Do you want me to look that up? Is yeah, that- have a look at the – it'll just have the numbers. It won't have who voted for who, but it'll have – just type Montgomery County, Texas, because there's Montgomery County, Alabama, and a lot of people get the wrong info. Montgomery County, Texas, early voting numbers or, or whatever, and it should tell you, like, the percentage of people. My sense – Wouldn't the mctx.org slash election have it? They may, but there might just be a Google result that if you type that in, it'll be right there at the top where you don't have to search for it. So my question is, do are we going to have record turnout or lackadaisical turnout or maybe something in the middle? I think it will be record turnout. I believe the record turnout will be for the primary here for Super Tuesday because many people think they're actually voting for the president at this moment. And people, a lot of people don't know what the difference between a, a, a primary and a general. In fact, once upon a time, even I was a little confused about that, my first time voting. Because my first time voting uh, was in the uh, uh, general election. I moved back to America uh, in 1982 at 16. So two years later, it was uh, uh, 84, and that's what I was voting for. Uh, I, I missed the primary, but I was able to vote in the general. That was in the Reagan era. But a lot of people, I think, I believe they're going to turn out for the primary here. And then when they realize, well, I didn't vote for the president, I think there's going to be a lower turnout in many quarters for the general. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Okay. No, I'd like there to be record turnout uh, for the for the general, especially for those who are educated. But it will be interesting to see how it turns out. Now, don't forget in May we got a couple of other uh, elections uh, for, like, Conroe City Council and mayor. Yeah, that's in May, right? That's in May. Fourth. So Yeah, so it's please, please, if you're not registered to vote, go on and vote or register and, and get ready for it because there's always an opportunity, even if your neighborhood sometimes, you, you know, you have to vote on something new um, for, you know, the uh, like the emergency services sometimes. Yeah. So important. Now, that's let's talk about there's been a big movement to turn Election Day into a national holiday. Now, on the surface, I'm all for that. I think that's a brilliant idea. However, in practicality, we don't have elections. Maybe we should vote on it. Well, here's the thing. You can't actually institute something where you have... I'm just kidding. We have no control. Sure we do. It's all an illusion. Is, are we in the Matrix? No, it's just the, our, their power. We don't have the power. We, don't, we, we can't do anything. Okay. Just you know. I'm sorry. Very nihilistic view from you. Look it up. But no, seriously, if we did have Election Day as a national holiday, it wouldn't be every year. So do we add it as an additional thing? Because it's basically every – and is it yeah. uh, well, I mean, just, primary just, or general Election Day? Is it just for presidential Yeah, it should just election? be presidential. Then it's every four it's years. It's not complicated. That means you get an extra holiday every four years. So you can't make it one of the annual national holidays. Then don't worry about it. Just but, make it once for every four years. Okay. That's one way to do it. And I, actually, I'm a fan of that. I think it should be. Or you can do something where if it's once a year, have it on that day. But it's more of the other three years. It's just general get into politics day, like support a candidate, learn more about your government, you know, that kind of crap. Now, also hand in hand with that is things can always change, you know, a special election uh, yeah. along those veins. So there you go. They're solid. What are your thoughts? Listeners, chime in. Do you think that election day? Do you think people are going to say no to an extra holiday? Yeah. 
A lot of employers would be, why am I? Because these are uh, these are paid holidays, which means you have to pay your employees for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, for taking time off. So to add the, one, the employers are already stealing enough. You know, they're getting away with enough. So one more holiday, paid holiday, won't hurt. Yeah. No, it's a great point. Now, yeah, there's always an election, but what I mean is that on that date every year, uh, I'm not sure because you got basically every two years you got your midterms. Yeah. Going, you know, going through. Again, we already between, solved it. We've already solved it. It's just General Awareness Day. General Awareness Day? To it for elections and politics in the United States. And then, or if you're not from the United States, you can still get involved because we're okay with that. No, yeah, if you're not from the United States, but you're illegally, get involved. I always find that kind of funny where you draw the line on this politically, where they talk about election interfering. Remember we kind of chat about this a little bit, I don't know, like a year ago where the Russia thing was really picking up. And I was thinking to myself, like, where do we draw the line where, say, like, Kim Kardashian says something about, you know, Iran's president running for, you know, doing you know, that kind of stuff. I go, well, she's a pretty big global market. Is it, wouldn't that be election interfering? Like, you're saying, don't vote for this guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a whack job. You know, or you could say like he, what people were saying about Trump are equivalent to. Well, that's where the whole Russian thing fell down. And then what confused me was I see social media pictures of like, you know, join the Bernie movement and like join our text bank in Australia where they text people. That's what they do, for, mm-hmm. like to volunteer their time. I'm like, wouldn't that be election interference? Yeah, it's very broad, and that's the thing. First off, so you're sitting there in Australia, mm-hmm. hanging out on a Saturday, texting Americans to vote for a president they have no connection to. But maybe just like, well, the whole thing was based cute. on the false predication of where they said, "Oh, he colluded with Russia." First off, uh, take everything else out of the equation. Collusion is not an, a, a well, crime. Like, not it's not an impeachable like, remember when the, the, But then it went from there. You had to find more stuff. Remember when our government got mad at Russia for like what was it, 120 ads or something like that? Uh-huh. Like they've found these people guilty of making these ads. Yeah, there's that that company that 18. Yeah, it was I'm 18 think, people. Remember? Well, wouldn't that be the same thing as those people? Yes, people. It absolutely is. But when when it helps your candidate, I mean, I you're good it. with it. When it helps someone you, you have derangement yeah. syndrome so over, I feel like we not could, so much. We can make fun of that. We can do that. I mean, if I was Mike Bloomberg, that's what I would be doing like crazy. He already is to spend that money. He did on like things that are very questionable. So actually, let's talk about um, just before Super Tuesday, and this kind of threw me for a loop. Pete Buttigieg, and God, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Pete. Yeah, uh, he got he got he got called into the roundtable of. Well, that's the thing. My sense, and this is purely my sense. Well, we know you're always right. So, well, no. Once I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't. Yeah. Think about that. Same it'll that. it'll hit you. But for him to back out just before Super Tuesday, when you really don't have anything else to lose, unless you you convince yourself or you are convinced by others that your continued presence is going to have an undesirable outcome. My sense tells me that the DNC is, might be, now I'm talking about the DNC, the upper echelon, those who are kind of making the decisions and who control the superdelegates, will, uh, uh, does not want Sanders to get the nomination because I believe that they believe that America isn't ready to, to, high, uh, to elect it. a socialist. It reminds me of that scene in Tropic Thunder. I'm a dude playing a dude who pretended to be a dude, <laughs> who wanted to be a dude. Like the goodbye girl. I want you to play Richard the Third as a man pretending to be a woman pretending to be a man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I don't Victoria. I, see this kind of stuff, and I think a lot of people who are get involved with politics. This is why I don't get on the on the campaign side of politics 
Because you have this motion, and this is why I think Donald Trump is kind of separate because his followers aren't Republicans. They're Donald Trump followers, if that makes sense. Like, wherever Donald Trump goes, that's where they're going to go. It's not like, for example, the Pete Buttigieg folks. Unfortunately, they put all their time and money into this, and then Pete's like, hey, I didn't want to tell anybody, but I'm out. And well, then, thing, but really much, what happened was probably someone talked to him in the DNC and goes, that's, hey, we got this thing fundamentally worked out. If we go according to this plan, this is what we hope to happen, and this is how we're going to uh, help you in the future either run for president, you know, whatever the... the uh, agreed, whatever and that's happened. my thought, is that he was either convinced himself or was convinced so by the DNC. you have all these people who gave their money to, and mm-hmm. now that absorbs and it's given it to a person who they probably would never give money to, and then your buddy's gone for four years, and then he comes back and asks for more money. And I, it, it, it is whacked out, but my again, my sense, and this is purely locally, I my get gut, because you can kind of keep tabs yeah. But on, on a national people. scale, my know. sense is, especially after South Carolina, where Biden expectedly won, he's always had a strong presence there. I think the DNC my, is trying to put their eggs in the Biden basket. Was that Jill Stein woman? Fundraising, I think it was GoFundMe or something to challenge the votes or something. Mm-hmm. And I think after the first appeal process, she's like, "Oh, I guess we can't win." And so I'm pretty sure she kept like at least half the money. Oh yeah. That's so DNC a, might be see, putting that, their eggs in the Biden basket, well, which I mean, would be interesting. Who cares? I think it's silly that well, a lot of Democrats care. Well, I meant more of like you you def, you defeat all these people's morale when it's like. Like, I would not doubt after if Bernie Sanders loses, someone's going to get violent at least once. Like, it, it could be a small group. It could be something. But it's going to be someone's going to be like, you know what, screw them, and they, you know, do something stupid. It might not be a part of a whole thing, but... Well, or, that's or, the problem. Or Bernie There's should just always, go for it. And be like, let's burn it all down. <laughs> that's the problem. There are always individuals I can see who that. are nut jobs, who He's are, well, I'm both it. sides, but... People, all it takes is one idiot to say something or do something, and then you paint the entire party with that brush, and both sides yeah. are equally guilty of this. Well, I mean, I, again, like I, I think it, that would just drive me nuts, getting that involved, making phone calls, canvassing, and then it's just kind of like you're not part of the process <sighs> when he makes that decision because he's never going to explain that he got a deal on something. He's never going to tell his supporters that. They never do, and that's what would piss me off about it because I can understand it's like he comes forward to his – his people and be like, hey, we just got offered a deal. Like, I can become Secretary of State if I step out. I can continue our message through a higher office appointment, and this is something I think would be a better avenue to go in the future of what we believe in. But I see, I but feel that that's what happened when Obama won what happened? Hillary Clinton's coronation. I, I believe that the only reason she became Secretary of State is she was assured that, okay, you take this Essentially, a pity yeah. post. When you're running for president, like, ah, eh, you you lose to me, and I'm not, I'm not even going to give you vice president, which I was really expecting to happen. It's uh, I'll give you secretary of state. I really feel that that was with the at least implied understanding that. And then when my four, when my eight years is up, I'll throw my support behind you. And well, you, I think you, what happened over the next several years is that the that reigning president found out who the secretary of state was because. Back then and now, in 2016 and now, the f- former President Obama is very silent. Now, it's not unheard of. By I'm not saying conspiracy theory, you know, presidents, former presidents tend to be quiet. But, I mean, the, whereas you've got your own former vice president running and not a word. 
not a word well, from I mean, Obama's again, over that's like sports. If you subscribe to DNC Weekly or something, you're into that kind of stuff. Mm, no. I'm not. I mean, I just think it's kind of strange that people get that heavily involved. And then, like, the return of it is usually, you know, a high percent chance of a zero return. And then you just get defeated on the whole process of, to me, which should be a fun, involving thing. Well, yeah, it should be fun and involving, but, but it's going to be a bloodbath. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're kind of like, oh, now we're left with this. Okay. I guess that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. No, a lot of machinations are going on, but I'm just, I'm still surprised that the well, day before about, Super Tuesday, think, the former I mean, president has been very, very quiet. Because I would be interested in... There's no unifying figure. Because, like, say say whoever gets uh, the, the nomination for DNC and then they win, do you think they would give Bernie anything? Because I don't really see him accepting a pity position, like as you call it. No, he wouldn't be offered one. You don't think so? Rarely is a former opponent offered a high-level position, such as Secretary of State or Vice President or whatever. Unless there's a deal. Yeah, but I'm saying very rarely does that does that happen. Yeah, I thought it was all quid pro quo kind of. Here's stuff. the thing, because by the time the convention hits, most front runners have their uh, running mates selected. Yeah, I would. When is that? April, May, May, I believe. DNC conference, uh, Demo- uh, Democratic uh, convention. Get, I'm get, saying conference. Where are they doing it this year? I don't know. Maybe maybe Russia? the guy who did Fire Festival is selling tickets to the convention. Yeah. You never. They should know. do it in Puerto Rico. But here's the thing. If I'm running for president against some pretty qualified people that I may disagree with on, on some things, but, you know, they're not unqualified, I would like to wait until, let, let's say I secure the nomination, then say, okay, one of you guys or gals needs to be my running mate because we may not see eye to eye on everything, but we both want the same thing. But for me to pick a total outsider who's not on this top five or yeah. top even top 16 or 17 like with the Republicans, to, to ha- pick a running mate before that, I think it's premature. Well, I'm glad you're you're wrapped up into it and you're watching a lot of scenes. I'm engaged enough for the I both like of us, it. my friend. Now, did yeah. you early vote? Yeah. You did. Yeah, I'm not telling you want to tell you? Why not? I'm not telling about That's it. right, because the right of secret ballot is a cherished institution yeah. in this country. But uh, so you went to, you went just up the street yeah. here, right, in downtown Conroe? Okay, so I, I went in the Woodlands, took my mom with me. We were waylaid by some candidates, which I, I say in a good way because we were able to ask questions. It is funny watching some smack talking going on between, well, you know, that Tea Party says this, whereas our Tea Party says that, or our, you know, doesn't necessarily be Tea Party, they're, but it's there's some there's some smacking they're, they're down going Protestant on. Protestant Christians, bingo! Can you believe it? I'm telling you, it is. This is not unlike to have this many people on the debate stage. It's like having every recognized organized religion, a representative on the stage trying to promote their religion over the others. You know, you can easily fill it with 17 people. You know, the Catholics, the Protestants, the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, the Church of Christ, the whatever. And it, that's what this is. It's just this whole What's the, the What's the hardcore Jewish sect? Hasidic Jews. Hasidic Jews? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. <laughs> they support, I, can't, I can't get over that. And we'd have the Amish here, but they don't want the cameras. <laughs> so there you go. What's the Sunnis and the... What is that about? Oh, that? Sunnis and Shiites. This is the that? two sects of Islam. Okay. So they have sex, too. Okay. <laughs> they have sex. Oh, I urge, you know, individual sex. In so sects. Sex. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Add the T there. I had no idea. You know, I don't know any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> right when they, right when, we, you know, because I was raised in a Christian house, right when there was two, there was like, oh, there's more than two? I mean, I don't want to deal with this. That's way too much history to deal with. I don't want to, I don't mm-hmm. want to know. Now, you know, in the old days. How do you eat the body of Christ? In a presidential election, in the old days, the vice president was actually the losing 
party's presidential Yeah, I remember candidate. that. They, they, they nixed that real fast. I don't know. See, I don't know. On paper, it's like, yeah, let's try it. But then you got to work down because you'd have someone who could be actively working against you. And don't forget the vice president. His or her has primary duty is being the president of the Senate, the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. Has there ever been a political buddy-buddy kind of thing? Well, like in the Scouts where, or the Navy well, now like where you got the buddy like, program, scuba? Like a girl and a guy or a guy and a guy, girl, girl or whatever. Like they're like best buds. And they ran for, you know, the, they ran for something. Oh, like the Clintons? Are they best buds? <laughs> were they well, both in office? Well, they're married. Were they both in office at one point? She, yeah, she was senator. While he was president? I, oh, Lord. Uh, I believe, no, I believe at one point they were both, either when he was governor or president, she was in an office, I believe, and I'm sure I'm going to be corrected or, uh, or, or verified in about 20 seconds here. But actually, I think that would be kind of interesting. It could be a little, it could be a show. Well, it happened in the West Wing. It did? I don't remember that. Well, sort of, kind of, not president, vice president, but like president and chief of staff. Chief. Oh, are they your buddies? Yeah, lifelong buddies. Leo and uh, Leo and Bartlett. Bartlett okay. was governor That's of right. New Hampshire. Were they war buddies? Is that and what it was? No, not war buddies. They just uh, Leo was the former Secretary of Labor, mm-hmm. and Bartlett was former governor of New Hampshire, and they had worked together in a previous administration. And yeah. Leo figured this would be a good guy. You know, he he be means what he says. Yeah. And then when it became Jimmy Smith became the. Uh, uh, he passed away, right? The actor did. Yeah, uh, John Spencer, and yeah. that that's pretty much. They were toying with back and forth that they were going to bring West Wing back with the new administration. Mm-hmm. And with John Spencer dying, they all said, nah, we don't even want to do it. I, I listened to this podcast yeah, where they yeah. talked about it. You know, it's funny. Um, I wanted to chat about this. So there's been reports of Kobe's helicopter crash. Pictures have been released and stuff. Yeah, and, what is that? I've heard something, but I haven't read into it. And the wife was kind of upset about it. And I, yeah. You, know, you have that thought. You're like, all right, well, I can, I can understand not releasing photos until an investigation's done because of especially when you file lawsuits, because I think she filed a lawsuit and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And that's how you protect, like, the integrity of the lawsuit is making sure no one else sees this but the people investigating. But, you know, I was like, why are people responding to this where, you know, when 9-11 was going on, no one really cared for those thousands of families watching. Like, go, my dad was in that building. Is he still in that building? And they kept showing, you know what I'm talking about? I see like, what you're talking about. I like, believe I like, because of the scale, it's different. It's like, really? yeah, if someone drops a nuclear bomb on New York, we're not going to say, hey, we can't show that because we got lots of friends living in New York. Yeah, I would. Well, you would, which yeah. is why yeah. you're not the head of NBC. Plus, you don't yeah. you don't harass women. That's true. Man. One day. One day. <laughs> One day I want to be powerful enough that I can get away with harassment. Make sure to put that button under the desk. Well, listeners, Dick has just recently realized that harass is actually just one word. But uh, and uh, but no, it kind of made me take a step back on how you know things are taken, and especially what our expectations are when there's a an event that happens either locally or you know in the grand scheme. Well, of it goes beyond investigation. I mean, back in the you know 40s and 50s, like you know the the, well, heart, the like film how, raw stuff. Hey, I'm taking well, the photo for the picture. It's kind of yeah, like how they never that. released the children's names and stuff like that. Right. Like, I mean, I get that, but you know, it's it's part of that was a learned process. Yeah, right? but it's also it's part of journalistic integrity, and that's the thing. In in we the, don't have the that. desire, yeah, and the that. desire to get the scoop to get the story, someone will. 
Remember, well, not I mean, only does it, it takes two to tango. Not only does someone need to leak it to someone, but the receiving entity needs to be willing to take the information. Well, it's funny to me where it's kind of like as a society, when we're we're faced with these unique scenarios, at one point it's just like we're just going to do what we want. We're really not going to follow guidelines. No. Like, like that Covington kid. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that was hilarious because everyone really wanted to know his name, and you know that they had that line where like, oh, we can't talk about this. Like this kid is under. Yes, but Lord forbid, let us save this anonymous yeah. whistleblower, and I use that in finger quotes. Well, I mean, like, and you know there's something like, we can't talk, like, we can't, like, no, this is something that people want to know. And so they started talking about it, and, like, and then they were yeah, just take someone the line with it. Well, what a lot of news agencies have done, and again, this is both sides, they'll wait for one person to, to do it, like TMZ, and then they'll go, we can't believe that TMZ just named Kim Kardashian as the whistleblower. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, we didn't release the name. They did, see. Reported uh, from TMZ. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, I want to give a shout-out to Jay just um, – Popped on our, but, our yeah, it's funny how, See you on Wednesday. It's funny how that happens when people are just kind of like, we're just going to do it. We'll wait till the dam breaks or we'll be the mm-hmm. one that breaks the dam. Like, who cares? Just get it out there. Yeah, no, it's the, here's the thing. Maybe legally, nothing with the photo release with the Kobe Bryant thing. Uh, yeah, with Jack with I an mean, investigation. I think it's interesting that people want to see a crashed helicopter, but it's, we, we, we do. We, we, we look now, at Now, a video stuff. of the helicopter crashing is another story, but it's just kind of like. I got to admit, I'm the guy who. Sometimes in a darker moment, I'll go on YouTube and look up, you know, live helicopter crash. Like look it up. What was that Steven Spielberg movie? Super Eight. No, Jaws? The, no. What's Steven Spielberg? Like Night Gallery. No, like an unfortunate accident happened on the set where a helicopter. Oh fell yeah, over. no, that yeah. Well, that wasn't. It was. What movie was the that? Twilight Zone. The movie it was John Landis's thing, and I yeah. actually on YouTube they actually have it. You see it happen. Yeah, the head you is, can find out. And, pretty, yeah, it's and so wild. I have watched that. You know, we have that Schadenfreude that, you know, we want to see, we can't tear, sometimes can't tear eyes yeah. away, or we go looking for it. Well, it's it. kind of like that depressing image of, I remember 9 11 when they're showing all the footage and you see these people jumping out. Yeah. And you're just like, man, I can't believe they're showing this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But some of us do. We, you know, we watch, so we want to know. And it's up to the journalist to say, they're, you know, this is not the time, this is not the place. Or this is not the situation. And possibly that, that's where I think the whole Kobe Bryant photo release thing, from what little I know, the reason why she's suing is it may not even be illegal, but this is horrendously bad taste. Now, of course, that opens up, well, there's nothing illegal about having bad taste. And much like, you know, this person must be impeached because he's a poopy head. Well, that's not, you got to figure out yeah. what an impeachable offense is. Got to be smarter about taking out your enemies. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right. Indeed. So anything else before we close and get our guests on the air? Well, again, Super Tuesday tomorrow. If you didn't early vote and you try to vote today, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, mctx.org slash election. Polls, I believe, will be open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And don't forget, as long as you're in line before well, no, the, the big, polls close. The biggest thing is don't forget, visit mctx.org slash election to see where you actually have to go. Vote. Yeah, and I was going with that. Not only So if you show up at 659 and get in line and the line's a, a mile long, it's okay. You still get to vote. So that's number one. Number two, you have to vote at your precinct location. And as Dick said, go to mctx.org slash election. That's election with an L, not with an R, just in case. That'll take you to, <laughs> that'll take you to a different site altogether. I thought, I found I thought out. you were saying my dyslexia was <laughs> coming out again. I'm like, I didn't even mispronounce it, did I? And uh, best of luck to all candidates. No one wants to be an also-ran. No, it needs to be a fight to the death. I think that's how we should You want to gladiate so. this? Because, I mean, think about the superhumans we breed. 
to like get to that point of power. Think about that. That's how you win a future war against aliens is you just focus on super breeding. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, no. No. You're not wrong. Okay, hold on. Now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I got fact checked on something, but I got, I gotta respond to the fact check. I talked about Super Eight. You said Steven Spielberg. I remember it was either he produced it or something. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Because he was the. I remember that. J.J. Abrams was there. I am very confident Steven Spielberg was a producer or executive producer. He was something. He was the biggest. So I'm name trying to fact attached. check my fact check. I just remember like, like they were trying to basically say, you know, in the headline grab, mm-hmm. like, can you believe this happened with Steven Spielberg? Yeah. So we're we're gonna fact check my fact check. I know. Like him. I, I was reading this. Uh, this, this, this thing about him and Ready Player One. Remember that movie? Yeah, I just watched They're it. They're making a joke about how, uh, not a joke, they were trying to figure out how long was Steven Spielberg really on set for the movie? Because apparently he delegated it out to mm-hmm. a bunch of bunch of people. Well, yeah. And it was kind of like, and then there were basically, someone wanted to investigate, it put a put up investigation saying, should, should he have the directing title? Because there's, there's, you know, there's like a little percentage of like, how can you actually get a credit? Yeah. You have to do X amount of minutes or whatever. And so stuff. But, okay, but here's the thing. For instance, let's say you're the director of a an anime or a cartoon. Yeah. Okay, you're not cartooning. You're not voicing. You may no, oversee they, the voice. Literally, no, they're saying like, they were trying to prove he was on set, on set for 11 minutes. That's what they're trying to say. Like he did like three scenes. Okay, but and then he had second directors do everything else. Oh, that's their job. So it was like their was job is second things. director or camera B operator or second unit director, whatever. That's their job. You still have one person. But he who's killed named. those people in the helico- helicopter crash. No, that was John Landis. So there were different directors. But yeah, all right. Let's take our break. We gotta get our, our guests. I can see him walking around. We have Doctor Jamal. I, I want to say it's Rahimi. We're gonna but find, we'll find out. out. <laughs> The Suture Buddy. We're going to learn all about this kind of stuff. So stick around. You're listening to Dig and Skippy in the mornings. We're going to say a quick thank you to our sponsors and stuff like that. So please hold on. We're going to do our top of the hour transition. So it's going to be a little longer break. So uh, Don't yeah. go away, we'll, please. We'll be right back. Please clap. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer 
group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com see our complete list of special events. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org, that's C-O-R-E-L-U-V, Org. Will you help defend the orphan? Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Bell Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit, began in 2014 with a mission to strengthen the future of veterans through leadership and entrepreneurship training. We've invested over 1,400 hours of training in our veterans while connecting them with community entrepreneurs and leaders. Our mission is to continue investing in our veterans who have given so much for our country. Please join us in our mission by visiting bellinstitute.org. 
That's VELinstitute.org. This is Rick, TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two-for Tuesday or a three-for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right. You can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. You are listening to the Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Back to Dick and Skippy in the Mornings in the studio with real doctors, not those fake doctors like a doctor of philosophy or a dentist, but an actual MD. You know, I can actually see the academic people restructuring it where they can't allow to use the word doctor anymore. Is there a doctor it's in like the house? MD. I'm telling you, I want to get my doctorate in, in like French romance, you know, they languages. Can't call, they're not gonna, they're not going to call it doctor anymore. They'll call it like le docteur. No, what's a cool like well, physician? Physician. Ooh, that's, yeah. That, that's actually why it was. Uh, I think it was termed as. People still in the but doctor. But see, no one knows. Is there a see? physician in the house? Yeah, true. It hasn't caught on like it should have 100 years yeah, ago. Yeah, see, I, I want to be a, like a fish doctor, Nick Theologist. So. Well, because you can really fool the average person if like your ID or whatever just says doctor, and like they, uh, nine times out of 10, they think it's a medical doctor, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so especially when you have those degree mills that I'm not saying I have a former boss who said that this person was a doctor, but I actually got it from a, you pay some money and they give you the title. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's been known to happen. I mean, I believe it. There's some con people out there. I'm still watching that McMillions show on HBO. The what? The McMillions documentary. Mac- McMillions. Yeah, What's the McMillions documentary? It was about the those people stealing all the money from the McDonald's game from McDonald's. Oh, or that McDonald's. one, yeah. Monopoly game from McDonald's, right? yeah, As long as it was legal, you know, it could be morally iffy, but well, it the, was Well, this is, whoever decided to film this thing, I, I want to wonder, like, do they just love teasing people because... Usually documentaries are like an hour and a half, two hours long. This is like a six-part, one-hour yeah, series. Yeah, they're dragging it. And out. I'm like, man, you don't need to be doing this. And then, of course, they do because they're trying to wait till Westworld, uh, Westworld comes out or whatever. So they need something to drag you, you along. Fill something. Summer reruns don't do it anymore. But, but hey, are- we got Jamal, Doctor Jamal Rahimi, in the MD. studio with us. Hello. Yeah, you don't have to say Doctor and MD. You can be one or the other. So we're oh, really? Jamal Rahimi, MD. Okay. Or Doctor Jamal Rahimi. Or Doc or Jamal. Doc. Doctor, I'm, okay. I'm going with Dr. J. Personally. So he likes, my father does call me Dr. J. He, Dr. He's Taylor. okay with yeah. blood. I don't have a good hook shot like that, but I wish I did. <laughs> You're right. And one of the coolest things we'll talk about later is he's an inventor of a thing called Suture Buddy, which I put a link on, and it helps folks learn how to apply sutures and remove sutures and staples. I, that's the only thing I've seen, but uh, it's pretty interesting because— Yeah, we're looking—it's out of camera range right now. We're looking at it. We're, you we're can trying grab to, it. You can show well, it. Well, do we want to? No, let's, let's, we got to build <laughs> uh, the anticipation. Right. You're right. You're really good at that. Not, I am. Not, I'm not. Okay. So we'll talk about that, too. And if you have any questions for the doctor uh, or the MD or whatever we want to call him, uh, you feel free to visit on Facebook.com slash Skippy and go to our live. And right there, we'll read the comments. Sean has all the comments pulled up. 
Yeah, I finally figured out how to do that. Now, you know, my fact check got fact checked. Oh, great. Yes, so Steven Spielberg did, according to listener Brett, Spielberg got a producer credit for writing a check. You know what? That still makes him a producer. That's what a producer does. Still makes him liable for the... No, No, that was John Landis. Spielberg wasn't in the lawsuit. And that was Vic Morrow and two uh, Vietnamese young child actors who who died in that. The video's pretty nuts. Yeah. But the doctor's probably seen some crazier things, too. Which I think we can get into. I, I know uh, you're you practice in Kingwood. Yes, Kingwood Medical Center. Not the uh, there's a they build a Kingwood uh, emergency room across the street from us. So there's uh, quite a bit of confusion every now and then when we there's a sick patient that ends up in the wrong place and they have to be transferred just across the street. I, is to that us. because it's the same name? I don't know. It's it's weird. There's a if you're driving down the 59 uh, going south, you'll see a huge billboard that says we are the other Kingwood and cross <laughs> off something. I, I have no idea why. It's a freestanding emergency room. I mean, if you're sick, please stop at the closest place so you don't die. But uh, um you know, if it's across the street, don't get hit with the, the other you know thousands of dollar ambulance transfer fee uh, for having to drive you across walk. the street. I was about I to say, walk. <laughs> we should just set up a little, one of those little tents, you know, like the rock chip repair places, but it's there that will drag you yeah, across we'll the take street for, half for price. fifty bucks, half yeah. price, man. <laughs> let me let me tell you quickly about that the, the doctor physician story. I'll tell you the funny story. I had this guy uh, um, maybe three years ago. He's pretty sick. I, you know, introduced myself. Hi, I'm Dr. Rahimi. And he says, hey, I'm Dr. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you're a doc. So we can, you know, have a little bit better of a conversation. You know, when someone's in the medical field, you're able to talk to them a little bit, you know, more medical jargon, things that they can understand that a layperson won't. So we're talking, we're talking. I Probably a couple hours I took care of him. Eventually going to get him admitted. He's agreeing to, to everything I'm saying. His wife finally sitting there. She She showed up a little late to the game, but... Half hour into it, she looks at me and she says, you know, he's a doctor of philosophy. Told you. And, and you think he's, it a, just, he's a I, snake. Two hours of taking care of this guy, talking to him like he was a cardiologist. He's a snake. With his chest pain. And he agreed and he shook his head every time I said something <laughs> that no one should understand. And I was just He knew his metaphysics. I was blown away. I mean, what do you do to that? I... Didn't chastise him. The guy is like in his 80s. Well, you probably you thought he was a liar. So you're like, you know what? I'm yeah. not giving you this drug. I'm giving you this other drug well, because you're a liar. I'm not restarting the two hours yeah. of what I was telling him. That's for sure. So, I mean, it, it, it's just an interesting thing. You know, people want to uh, want to show that off in some way or another, especially. I mean, I would. Uh, it's, it's a weird I thing. Would. Where do you think the easiest doctor to get is? <clears throat> Like ear, nose, throat, or something. Those are actually really difficult. I know that's, that's the what I'm saying. The rhinoplasty, the rhino, because I have some of those doctors. You mean you mean nose. to become or uh, well, like or to, outside the medical find. field, like a, a doctor of philosophy. What do you think? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about what would be the easiest kind of doctor to get a hold of on the phone. Well, I mean, you can do these, these certain doctorate degrees online. So, uh, you know, yeah, if if you know your Doctor Phil, thing. didn't Doctor Phil? I, I believe Doctor Phil got his quote-unquote doctorate degree. Well, he's not an MD doctor, but whatever doctor he is, he got it online. Uh, That's awesome. In the 80s or 90s or whatever. And, you know, Oprah, he got onto Oprah, and now he's who he is. But uh, It's like yeah. Bill Nye the Science Guy. I think he's got his bachelor's in English or something like that. It's just how you market yourself, yeah. obviously, because you can use life experience, and that's the thing. Some universities now, I believe you could probably get your doctorate in 
you know, Middle Earth studies from, you know, like on Tolkien's universe, which case I would ace that sucker. I bet there's a doctor on marijuana growing. Well, an herbologist. Okay, there you go. That's a nice word. Herbology has been something for agriculture either for a while. The government uh, has one university that they use to grow and test marijuana. I don't know if it's Indiana or Kentucky or, or somewhere in the South somewhere, but uh, uh, I'm sure there are doctors. It sounds like a monopoly. Uh, yeah, it's kind. like an 18-year waiting <laughs> list. I want to go there. So have you ever been in a situation like in a conference where like in Spies Like Us, everyone's going, doctor, 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 doctor? Uh, Spies Like Us, one of the best movies of all time. There you go. And yes. realistic as far as yes. doctors are presented yes, right here. And, uh, actually, and there, spies. there is a big uh, thing of, you know, doctor, doctor. It is a cultural uh, thing it it's truly bigger is. in the south. I trained in I trained in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, and I trained in New York where uh, doctors and the nursing staff and everybody else we were on a first name basis. So it was everybody. My name is Jamal. Nurses would call me Jamal. So when I would walk into room, they'd say, "Hey, this is Doctor uh, Jamal. <laughs> Jamal, what's your last name?" And so they would have to ask because we're on such Dr. a first name basis. So coming go. coming to Texas, moving to Houston six years ago or so, it was a huge cultural change and shift. I mean, pleasantly really, to see the respect that was given to physicians here, uh, but uh, uh, at the same time wanting to be on an equal footing and, and wanting to be with my peers. You know, when they call me Dr. So-and-so, I think, please call me Jamal. It's been six years. I've probably gotten two to call me by my first name. I understand the respect, uh, but uh, uh, I'm all about, I, I call us team save lives. So when we're on a team and we're all doing CPR and blood and guts everywhere, uh, we don't have to, we can throw away the formalities. You know, there's no need to call me doctor this or that. You know, hey, Jamal, go get that. Or, hey, you know, Nancy, go go grab this. This is, you know, we're, we're saving a life. We don't have to be that, that's you know, a very that, that interesting kind of point. professional. So, so and you we do a lot please. of that. Well, that's very interesting because, um, yeah, it's almost like in the military, there's a reason why, in fact, this may have just recently changed. You have your officer's club and your enlisted men's club. You may want to be one of the guys, but sometimes you can't. Or as you're, as a parent, you can't be your son's buddy you know when they're all growing up with their own kids sure but you know you got to be a parent over buddy you got to be an officer over the enlisted men and women um but that doesn't mean the the wall between you has to be hard and fast so i I think same thing it was weird i went to a uh a memorial or a funeral uh the church a couple weeks ago one of my mom's friends passed away and the pastor there was it was a cool church but the pastor had sneakers on for this funeral were they black no, they were like Converse. Oh, man, what a... You know, and I thought, you know, I was looking at that, not judging, but it's like... You're, you're the kind of guy that's still hung up on a president, like, having Rolling a up his sleeves or... or like, you need to get over that. You need to get over that real fast. Well, no, I'm just... Sometimes you do want to roll up your sleeves. Sometimes you don't... You do want to be one of the guys. It's cool for morale, I think, for a doctor to say, hey, drinks on me or call me Bob or whatever or I've an seen, officer... I've seen doctors get wild. Yeah, or an officer oh, yeah. with it. the enlisted men and women to say, hey, listen, you know, to, the rank has no meaning tonight. Let's all play poker, that kind of stuff. But I was thinking, of, like, at a funeral, put on some shoes. But that was my initial thought. So when you talk about this whole respect thing, you know, I, I, I get it. And I, I like the fact that, you know, you give them the option to say, call me so-and-so that way someone else can say well i'm not comfortable i'd rather call you dr j so let's talk about uh doctorhood how'd you get into it did you wake up one tuesday morning and say i want to be a doctor uh well i actually have the uh very uh, uh meandering uh uh visit to medicine really uh, uh i grew up in a, a poor household and we 
immigrant family, so I uh, moved here when I was about two or three years old, or three or four uh, from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, so I uh, started here at Head Start program, so a shout out to the Head Start program. Uh, and uh, What is uh, the Head Start program? The Head Start program, program was a program that uh, uh, poor kids who didn't speak uh, uh, English well or English was their second language, it was give, uh, they were uh, put into these programs in uh, elementary school, kindergarten, preschool, mm -hmm. and it helped them uh, kind of get a footing, a hold of... Okay. Of, uh, was it like uh, extra hours or was you know, it more I did, of... You know, it's funny, I don't remember... Uh, it, or was it just a completely different curriculum? But it was, I looked into it uh, in my late 20s again just because I, I, I was interested in it, and it was a program made uh, specifically for that. I don't know if it was all, if, if it was uh, countrywide or if it was just in California at the time. So I'm not sure exactly that, but uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, so that's how I began my schooling here. It was with that uh, kind of introduction uh, into schooling. Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, I picked up English pretty fast of being four years old coming here so it wasn't it wasn't too hard uh high school was very good at memorizing not very good at going to class <laughs> and so sophomore well, year give my, you an option though. yeah I mean. you know, sophomore year my dad's like i'll help you out with the car if you get straight a's i got straight a's sophomore year i got the go. car almost got kicked out of high school senior and Junior and senior year, so you know how that goes. So your goal oriented. I, yeah, I got my goal. I got it, and then I almost, you know, hey. Uh, so I took a year off out of high school. Uh, went to travel, uh, visit my family back in the in the country, and uh, was forced to kind of come back because I at that you know uh, eighteen year old kid who wants to come back when you're by yourself just traveling uh, and seeing family that you've never you haven't seen in, uh, since you moved away. Uh, so I came back. I went to junior college for three years. That's when I realized, oh, wow, I'm actually pretty good at science. Uh, I watched everybody, all my friends that I gained kind of drop out, went from medicine to business. So it was a huge thing. Everybody starts out in medical, <laughs> like, oh, I want to do yeah. And then they kind of, you know, classes become a little bit more difficult. Uh, and uh, I just, it just took me, science was an e and it really was a memorization. I mean, I can memorize a book. You give me a book, tomorrow I'll have it memorized for you. But I didn't really understand. And that was, I, I learned that in medical school. I didn't understand. I, I could memorize. But that's all it took at the time. Well, we were doing uh, pharmaceuticals and all that kind of stuff. I imagine that's what... Oh, and that's what, we, there are part, there are aspects of medicine yeah. that really do, that memorization comes into, it's key. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. everything. I mean, I can, I can... Yeah, but you need to follow it up with the understanding. Understand. Of it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced when you watch the television shows with the MDs and the and the nurses and they always know everything. I go, I guarantee you, some doctor one point is going to be like, "Hey, Google this for me. Like, look this up because I I remember this, but I don't know for sure." I'm reminded of that line in A Fish Called Wanda where Kevin Klein says, "Apes don't read Nietzsche," and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says, "They do. They just don't understand it." And so I guess you know, memorizing is good, <clears throat> but you need to, f to follow it up with that. Uh, also, what was that movie with uh, DiCaprio? Um, he pretends to be the doctor. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. You know, I should have concurred. Well, all he does I is he's a senator. Well, what do you think? I think it's this. I concur. <laughs> he gets the you idea. You concur, doctor. And this is based on a real guy who faked his medical degree. First, he faked his law degree. Why was he in a scenario where he needed to fake a medical degree? Because he was a grifter. He would go from place to place. You know, he's on the movie. run to Great kite check. He started off pretending Great to be an story. airline pilot, realizing. He could talk his way onto an airplane sitting in the jump seat. So I believe that, but like, why would you want to become a doctor? I no, feel like there's okay. a lot more risk. As involved. a non-doctor, as of any, as a non-holder of any advanced degree, I would love to walk into a room and just have that 
sense of that, you know, to be called doctor, to be called professor, to be called whatever. To, I think it would, not even an ego thing so much. Probably on some levels, yeah, I, I'm self-aware. Well, I think it's that. one of the few professions that you almost have to trust that person immediately without knowing who it is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's I think that's why the rigors are there, uh, is uh, uh, you're giving, as a patient, you come into this room, a stranger tells you to undress, and you undress. See, I'm, I'm into that, though. So, <laughs> I did totally, try that, but now there's totally restraining orders. It's really... <laughs> see, if you've gone for your medical degree, Depending you wouldn't have all those restraining orders on, on you. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> I'm here for my tonsils. Shut up and just let it happen. So and the most, intimate, the most intimate things are discussed. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, anything from abuse to... Uh, I was just on my ER blog this morning right before I came in here, and uh, one of our docs in this... Uh, we, it's a blog we have for our... Some of us in the ER world, uh, and uh, um, someone in another state right now is having an issue at 4 a.m. Uh, trying to get a uh, cue ball out of someone's anus. Cue ball, you like know, a cool so, ball? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, a cue it's ball pretty is. big. She just can't get to it. I mean, she's dilated the rectum already, and we're all giving her our advice. You don't watch Doctor TikTok? He's he's chock full so of these things. Going back, so people come in and they. Literally, and I had I, I like to talk about the most important. See, I'm, I, I, that's like when you're talking about the doctors getting together. Like I love meeting doctors. Like, doctor locker room. Tell talk. me about the cue ball. Yeah. Like, well, the pictures? most interesting doctor to have at a table is an ER doctor because the stories are are pretty crazy. I mean, especially we, those people in Kingwood, man. Like yeah, those are, like, a lot of people fall on things. Yeah, know? there there's uh, some doctor an ER doctor on TikTok that will. Oh, I think he man. flirts with HIPAA rules because he won't say any names or anything, but he's like, yeah, I just got out of this where we had to pull a chandelier out of someone's Oof. rear end. It's okay, you know? Yeah, it, uh, uh, we... That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we had one... Uh, the, I like to tell my... I've been doing this for, you know, six years here and you know, years in different states, so I, I like to kind of meld my story so as HIPAA compliant as uh, possible. <laughs> and HIPAA is basically you can't yeah, say I mean, somebody that's... A patient and like yeah, you want to respect their privacy, so you absolutely. don't want to give out any information, anything really. So any a, what we call patient identifiers. So could you show a picture without saying any names? We don't want to show a picture of somebody's rectum on our show. Well, you well, don't no. want to show a picture I'm of the not, I'm person. In general, like, like in general, like their face. No, like say they had a wound or something, or they had a pole through their skull or something like that. Okay, and you're like, oh, I want to see that, but. Could you look at that? Like, could a doctor show that? Well, at cer- certain academic institutions, what will happen is they, they will that? sign something saying, hey, you know, in the beginning, you know, in case we need to take pictures for teaching purposes because we do have residents and conferences, you know, is that okay? Well, can you imagine being the first in that first group of people seeing that ear that was grown in a Petri dish? Oh, on, the, they, on the mouse? Yeah, and they put it on a person. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I want to see that. That looks cool. Mm-hmm. But apparently, are you, you're not allowed to do that. Maybe you can do the the cops thing where they, you know, blur Blink, the blue blur face the or something. Yeah, yeah and I, I have a I have a lot of uh, uh, patient. When we're going to eventually talk about the suture, buddy, uh, laceration repair pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, always uh, uh, throughout the years, uh, have I have them personally sign papers uh, oh, okay. if we don't have. So there them. is something. So there is can... something, and it's and it's a. Can I do this? Are you okay if I do this? This is what I am doing. You know, this is what I want you to sign. Rather than, hey, close your eyes, hide your face. I'm taking a pic <laughs> yeah, right. kind of thing. And and sometimes, occasionally they'll say they'll say no. And of course, you respect that. Uh, uh, most of the time, they're already taking their own videos. Uh, I've I've, yeah, I've, no. I've literally removed okay. nails. I would love to talk to you about something. Yeah, I've literally removed nails, like unru- like pulling a nail off, like real certain, like 
torture. Like it, it makes me cringe. Ah, nah. And the guy sitting there is like, "Do you mind, Doc? If I..." I'm like, "It's your body. So nah. it's their body." I say, move. "It's your body. You do what don't you want to do." Because I'm always comfortable. I'm, dig- with I'm it. digging that. And nah. he was recording me. Nah. I, mean, I hate it because that's my word. That's the thing I hate doing most is that one. Is oh, taking oh, nails nah, off. Nah, nah. It, it feels like I'm torturing. Although we numb them up completely, we deaden their yeah, finger. Yeah. I mean, they don't. I would feel be like, it. No, don't do it, man. It is just. An, it is. My stepson had something ingrown else. toenails, and seeing the toe doctor, because I was watching it, and they were like cutting all the way down, cutting skin off, and pulling that thing out. And I just, I almost. I love that. Kind I'm, of stuff. I'm cool, but I almost fainted from that stuff just while seeing. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't do snot. Yeah, like I don't. I don't like that. I, I, well, but, uh, it's I like some people don't like cockroaches. Some people, you know. Some it's my one week. Yeah, I watched the the rhino snot is rhinoplasty guy stick it up my nose. I was like, this is so <clears> cool. Now we are talking to Doctor Jamal Rahimi. God knows, I'm, please tell me I'm pronouncing you it right. right. Awesome. I've been called worse, but you are saying it <clears> correctly. So I want to segue into. We've been no, talking I about. Want, doctor I had stuff. a question for him. Oh, I well, said it. Okay, I'll prepare this. So, one of the biggest you were talking about, you know, the HIPAA, and we're talking about people taking pictures and. My wife always tells me stories about um, some things. I always go, "Well, didn't y'all have that footage on that?" Like, because people always like to complain or they make stuff up, or you know, a procedure went right but they claimed it went wrong, and that because my my wife's a wound care nurse. Okay, so she knows about processes when it like nothing's gonna be fixed in a day. Kind of when she deals with wounds, and I go, well, "Why don't? Why is there not a camera in each room?" That is a great question. And I think that should be the case. Yeah, it could uh, be the uh, next thing because first off, they're checking out with the body cam on cops because for the longest time, it's like you sometimes well, you don't was, want. And I, I, she was harassed one time, uh-huh. and I was like, in my mind, I go, well, why wasn't there a camera in the room? Because I feel like if any, if you're doing any type of operation, there should be a camera in the room. And now the policy now where the, her old place is, they have to leave the door open and things like that. Okay, but like. I was like, I, I, there, there are going to be certain uh, 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 hangups that people are going to have, and again with uh, privacy rights. Yeah. When it comes the to HIPAA, is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, when putting cameras in the room, I think it eventually we should go to something like that because most it would also depend on recording laws, uh, and this is non-medical stuff. But if you know about it, recording yeah. laws in well, different she states. Well, she's telling me the people bring in uh, cams. Yes, and you can unfortunately. They, well, they, she's the, the, she's the under pressure. Yeah, she's like because some people bring in cameras for them, and they, she's like, I don't want to be filmed. Yes, and she's allowed to tell people we can turn off this camera because I don't want to be fil- like I don't give you the rights to film me while I do this procedure or stuff like that. And because, of course, that just makes her feel uncomfortable. So she doesn't yes. like. Yes. And, you know, you'll have the occasional patient just stand out and start recording and pull out a phone. And, and we're up against that because any little, you know, and this is not just medicine, but police, you know, teachers, anybody, you know, you take one little snippet of that conversation and you can with, use it to with zero context to want. agree. Yeah. And so uh, uh, the, when it comes to the, the laws are great because we tell them, hey, you can't well, record us. But uh, it, when it comes to audio recording, it, it's a Texas, a one person state. Right. So one consent state. So as long as one can, person's consenting to it, they can. Well, it would strike uh, And there's no definitive finite law in medicine that, that covers us medically yet uh, that says, hey, you cannot record a medical, like you cannot record our conversation between you and me, because currently the, the the law is that one person consents, it's okay. Because my grandfather was a surgeon, and that was one of the reasons he stopped, was he was sued by somebody he treated and saved, and it was a total bogus thing, and he just goes, this isn't worth it anymore, 
because he was getting older. Like it wasn't like he was in his prime or whatever. So he just went teaching. But I was thinking to myself, man, with today's technology, there could be something that would help give comfort <clears throat> to doctors because I can't imagine being a lawyer for a hospital and not, not even be a doctor and sit there going like, oh, if I screw this up or this person thinks I screwed up, all it takes is two conversations between two lawyers and then I'm getting in trouble. Yeah, and 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 uh, I'm gonna, and law and enforcement honestly, too, same thing. And no one cares about us. No, the physician, right. the police officer, the the teacher. We're the ones that are gonna eat it. Yeah. So we're the ones that are gonna get fired. We're the ones that are gonna get our names plastered everywhere, uh, uh, and all of that. And the the hospital will be quick uh, to settle. Uh, to get this under the rug, to get this out of the uh, open and just uh, take care of it. Uh, I I say growing up, but what I mean by growing up, doing my residency in New York, uh, New York's a very litigious uh, uh, place. You mean like paperwork uh, and stuff, uh, or what? Lawsuit, litigious. Lawsuit, lawsuit. Okay. Yeah, lawsuit-wise. Uh, uh, it is uh, in Long Island where I train specifically. It's the most litigious place in New York. New York's the most litigious state in this country. This country's well, the most see, litigious place mean. in the world. So I worked in the most litigious place in the world, basically, by default. And we learned In the universe, of, uh, because the universe, we're the most litigious hey, planet in the universe. Unless there's some, some random alien planet that they just that's how they evolved just suing each other i feel like that's in the hitchhiker's guy i feel probably but you see that's what kind of weirds me out because we kind of commented before where you're one of those professions that is like you immediately gain the trial like i i trust a doctor or nurse or anyone that's in the in that world and i'm like you know more than me whatever you need to do anyone snaps on a leather leather glove or one of those leather gloves. glove. Where do you yeah, go? Yeah, not leather. Uh, uh, so, latex glove. Yeah, so Dick's ready for it. <laughs> going back to those uh, foreign bodies in the rectum. I had, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Going back uh, to the important the, stuff. I had a, uh, yeah, I had a lady <laughs> recently. Uh, uh, she was uh, not all there with her faculty. She showed up with her bag, so this wasn't her first rodeo. And uh, <laughs> so she tells me, you know, they, like, what's going on? She's like, I, I got nervous. People were yelling outside of my house. I'm like, okay, so what happened? So I... I stuck something on my butt. I'm like, okay. That's an interesting take. Brought her back, so I knew that, you know, just that. We're going to be here for a bit. and uh, Getting her ready, getting her in a position. Nurse is obviously there with me, and I'm getting everything else ready. And then she looks at me, and she goes, and I'm almost fully gowned up. and mm-hmm. haven't put my gloves on yet. She goes, <laughs> on all four, she, you're going to wear gloves, right? <laughs> I looked at my nurse, and I just, I didn't know what to say. Well, I am now. I mean, exactly. <laughs> now you said something. I'm in full, I mean, I've got a face shield on. I've got splatterproof stuff. Yeah. I just oh, haven't Lord. put the glove on yet. And she looks at me. As I'm putting my you're going to wear gloves, right? She was really worried that I was not going to wear gloves while I was digging for whatever it was. It's like coronavirus. Up, People, I mean, they... Up this, uh, well, we're um, going to talk about We actually have a question about it, but I want to talk about the uh, suture buddy first. Okay. This is cool. Right, yes. Okay, so I'm going to... Okay, I'm holding it up on now. Amazon. There we go. There it yes. is right here. So talk to us about the Suture Buddy. So you've invented this, right? Yeah, it's so like patent pending kind of thing? Yeah, it is patent pending. So what the Suture Buddy is is a, 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 is a suture pad. We have three. This is one of the three types we have. And uh, it has preformed lacerations. So I'm an ER doctor, so pretty much 99% of what you're going to see in the emergency room when it comes to uh, uh, cuts, uh, bite wounds, punches to the face, uh, anything like that, this is really how they look and how they present. So uh, this will really get you good at uh, uh, practicing to suture. As medical students, NP students, PA students, anybody, vet, dental. It feels uh, so weird. Uh, we learn how to suture and stitch on raw meat, fruit. 
So that's something that really doesn't give you the real uh, turger, what we call the pool of real skin. Mm -hmm. So this one here has three layers uh, designed to mimic real human skin. It gives you a real pool. You can use it hundreds of times over and over and Especially over. Especially if it's rotting. Uh, one is all you need, and it lasts for mine. I've had for at least two years now, and uh, we we you know we sell them to every uh, high schools. Actually, a lot of high schools are buying them. They're moving away from cadavers, pig cadavers, and uh, uh, um, now explain uh, the high pig. schools. What classes in high school? Science classes. Actually, we sell to a lot oh, of like magnet. Instead of dissecting the frog. Yeah, or something. yeah. Oh, we sell okay. to magnet high schools. California, and New York are our two biggest uh, wow. purchasers, and uh, they actually. Uh, um, all right, a lot of them are moving away from fetal pig dissection, and it comes frog with, dissection. It comes with other stuff too. Sean. It does. It comes with an entire the entire kit. It comes with uh, 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 the tools you will need to be suture, careful, be a careful. carry case. Here, here we go. I'll be careful. Here we go. So we have the uh, needle driver, which is how you're going to hold the needle. The tools you use. Oh, there we go. Okay. While doing things. Like that. Yes. That, and then there's the. He's not uh, holding him correctly, but it's okay. Yeah, no. Well, well, yeah, I'm just trying to try. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. see. I see. Uh, okay. He's a doctor philosophy. I have, I have my uh, yeah. teacher mode on right now. Yeah. My, my, my pre-romance languages classes <laughs> have not. Do you, so you're, you were telling us off the air that your next suture buddy is going to be a uh, cue ball suture buddy, and uh, <laughs> you got to get it out. Is that? Is this, oh, no, this is what you put. <laughs> So you well, insert this, and like and the game go, of operation, you try yeah, to pull it out without hitting the sides. Well, that's what, when I saw this, that's what got me thinking. I was like, you know, this is something that most doctors and nurses, like I know there's uh, like this is something that you almost need to know how to do in your sleep, and it's all feel, and especially with the, people's different skin, and especially what condition the area you're per, uh, doing this procedure because some skin's looser than others depending on where it is on the body. And I think that's one thing that's interesting to me because the only way it's kind of like what my wife was telling me about when she first was learning to do IVs, the only like it's hard to, to get a feel unless you're doing it on a live body. But the more you practice on the, the fake stuff, you get the you get the gist of it, so you know. Yes. And and the, and the benefit of something like this is uh, we have a lot of students that come through. I do uh, uh, precepting for acute care NP students, acute care PA students, as well as uh, residents uh, and med students. Uh, and uh, we keep these at our uh, desks and in our uh, little drawers because when they want to work on the patient, it's like, hey, have you sutured before? No. We'll come sit in about 15 minutes with this. And with somebody who's never picked up the tools, they know how to suture. I went 100% in on this uh, uh, idea when I taught my 8-year-old niece how to stitch a wound back together on our first prototype. And she did it, and she was 8. And then she, and it was about 20 minutes of teaching her. An hour later, she had sutured the entire thing shut. Every single, and I said, this is it. I mean, this is legitimate. It works. It's real. It teaches. It's an actual teaching tool. And, and so we went, we decided to go in 100%. And funny enough, we are getting a lot of high school uh, uh, kids. Well, and, I believe that it. Because it's, one of the, like it's it. almost like a Boy Scout thing. Everyone should well, kind of know how to do simple sutures. If I may, every now and then there's an invention or no product. no one wants to go to a doctor anymore. That when it comes out, you go, surely someone thought of that before. And I would think that, I mean, I'm glad you did, but... We've been doing medicine for yes. two weeks now. So you if you know. go on Amazon and, and these other places, there's their foam pads. How so could this not have been done? Well, there, there's ideas. Okay. So meaning we've all we've all tried to do it in certain ways. And the way, so when I was a resident, I was in charge of teaching the medical students that uh, came in and, and rotated with us. And so what I did, and this is how I became started this company out, uh, I would take a towel, 
just small towel, and I would get this thick rubber tape that we have in the in the emergency rooms everywhere. It's really thick rubber tape, and I would wrap that tape around this towel about five or six times, and I would make an incision into it. And I found out that that in that tape really took a stitch well. Like it would stay together. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't cut through. And so I would make those for my re- my students, and I'd give them to them. Like here, go home and learn. At some point, they started asking to buy them from me, and to make more. And please give me another one to go home. Please give me another one to practice with. So that was the I- where the idea started percolating. Of oh my gosh, this is a great idea. Why hasn't someone else done this? When I became an attending. And I started, uh, I moved down to Houston, paying off my loans uh, 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 and all that. I really put this kind of idea to the side, but still, it's always been there. And I was able to pair with a 3D printing company who won NASA's startup company of the year last year. I'll give them a plug, Lazarus 3D. They're also Houstonians uh, downtown. They're doing great work, and they're doing... Shop local. Uh, Yes, yes, definitely. So they're able to make this amazing product we actually during our trade shows take every single i own every other one on amazon (laughs) and i just place them there next to mine and i say you go ahead and take a look and so anybody who's in the know who's done this before really well uh, there's three layers to it i think i'm going to show yeah and so explain that to me yeah so there's three layers there's actually four Four. uh uh, there's a very thin or they're actually i'm sorry there's there's a very thin mesh layer there's a green mesh layer and what that does is it gives you Grab so when you st- when you grab it with the needle, it's not going to just rip right through like a, a, a like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to rip through the pad, and so it gives you continuous use, and you can use this for your entire career. Yeah, you might rip a couple here and there, but uh, yeah, but, it's not uh, like a one-use You can move thing. on, and we only have the and we're the only ones again with the patent pending with the lacerations that are raised. Those are the people you hate. Uh, oh, those on. other guys, like, yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. Like, this guy didn't call me doctor when I came in. <laughs> right. Well, I got to talk because I was trying to describe the, the, the feel of this. It was weird. Then I realized this is pliable skin. It, just, it had an oil feel to it. Cut, cut open. It's pretty, it, yeah, pretty that's what gnarly. I'm saying. It was very realistic. And because when I was first hearing about this, I thought, well, is this kind of, and I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. You know, it's been a time-honored tradition at least in the movies, I'm presuming in real life, where, you know, you get a certain med- level of med school, you get your own cadaver, and this is where you practice these things. And I always felt that was kind of like a rite of passage, you, you know, you even treating the, the cadaver with respect. Why is and this Jamal and always on that cadaver? <laughs> yeah. But uh, and I thought maybe a fake thing would kind of take away from that. I don't want to say, like, <clears throat> wussy-fy it. We but can't take the cadaver home. True, well, and, and, you actually, and you don't well, suture on the cadaver, believe it or not. You don't? No, we don't really do suturing. That skin is is not, okay. is not worth suturing. So cadaver stuff you're really doing is dissecting. You're learning procedures. Like for ER, we'll go and learn to intubate somebody, put them on the ventilator, you know, stick needles in their chest, cut them open, pierce their heart with the needle, suck blood out. Like life-saving procedures that you really cannot practice on someone who's alive Unless they're actually dying, you don't want it to be the one practicing. You might be the practicing one who knows in the wrong country, it. man. <laughs> no, well, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. when my son, <laughs> who's a former Marine, was learning to be like a field, he had to get qualified to be a field medic. I mean, he'd actually be working on himself and others. We Just, made we made a suture buddy mini specifically. for He's going to be art, mad that that was specifically wasn't... for the government, actually uh, for the Navy and their suture workshops. It's a miniature one. Uh, yeah, it's called Why? a suture buddy suture buddy mini. It's uh, half the size, all the fun. Uh, it doesn't. Have, <laughs> uh, it doesn't have the three layers. It's just one uh, pressure why, injected. Why, why would you need a miniature one? 
Uh, we we wanted the miniature one to bring down the price a little bit. We I consider us the Tesla of suture pads, and once again, if you see other ones, you'll notice the difference. They're well, made how much straight does this up. thing go? Uh, the entire kit we sell uh, seventy, but uh, we're we're doing like a standing fifteen percent discount on the on the website. That's uh, cool. Uh, the pad is fifty. Uh, it's gonna sound funny, but it's. Oh, yeah, comparable price-wise to, that like, a, a game, a practical game that... Oh. Yeah, and, and it comes with a box of sutures, which I didn't I didn't have in my car to bring here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, it comes with a 12-count sutures as well. So the entire thing together, uh, uh, the only thing you would need to re-get re is uh, sutures, you know, the, so to keep going. Uh, no, but, uh, is this going to sound funny? Where can you get sutures that separates it from, you know, Thread from Joann's? Uh, well, Amazon. Uh, we sell them as well. We okay, so sutures are easily exactly yeah. readily available. Yes, they are. Yes, yeah, this absolutely. is America. America. You can get anything. Yeah, you don't even have to go. You bring the doctor to you, and you are the doctor. I, I'm digging this thing. I, I mean, want, I really I I didn't know how I was going to take it when I first heard about it. It's really cool. Well, invite me back. We'll do a suture workshop. I can show you guys how to really do it because this oh, a little hands-on thing. Yeah. 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 Well, I always wanted to see like when you watch Batman and movies like that. They're always doing themselves. Yeah. That, and that's what I mean. There's Usually one with a cigarette there, and there's there. one you can practice it's called a, a simple running suture uh and uh, it's something that i think everybody should know because again if you do cut yourself you're in the woods you're hiking you're is whatever it, is it this uh, one and it, it, any of those those top two through those top three right you can practice on uh, but yeah, it would be a last rate, and you just—it's a baseball stitch. I'm sorry, so that's what we oh, call okay. it. In the, if you ever seen the baseball stitches, mm -hmm. that's a running suture, uh, and uh, that's something I think everybody should know how to do because it's something you can do with one hand, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got to get it back. Zombie apocalypse, in. guys. Zombie apocalypse. Uh, I'm hanging with you, man. So uh, we are talking with Dr. Jamal Rahimi. We're going to take a break, our bottom of the hour break. You can stay with us, right? Absolutely. Come back. We're going to talk about the Dos Equis virus or well, coronavirus. I was close. That's Darn the, that's close. That's the next one. Yeah, that's right. The, the, this season's H1N1 oh, or so swine you, flu or bird flu or Ebola or Lyme's disease. You, you can't have a corona without its limes. So oh, that's need, right. You need to spray a lime. Coronavirus and Lyme's disease together. There. Oh, I got that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so we will be back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning. Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. 
Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back. That's right. Peak at the peak. That might go. Nick and Skippy in the mornings here. 1037 on the dot. Hey, you know, it's 71 degrees outside and overcast. It's it's muggy. It's going to get up to like 80 today. I mean, tomorrow's going to be stormy. I blame El Nino. All right, cool. I I got nowhere to go with that. All right. But we are talking with Dr. Jamal Rahimi here, MD. Uh, who is an ER doc, works at Kingwood, not yeah, the just, other Kingwood place. He just place. did an inspection on me off the air. Thank you. I um, uh, appreciate it. I will never stick so, anything up there ever again. I was about to say, what is the <laughs> suggested... Sorry, I didn't bring my gloves. <clears throat> what is the, I'm okay with that. No. What is the suggested tip percentage for a proctology exam? What do you mean? Like how far go in? The, no, tip. Like 20%, 25% like restaurant. Oh, tipping. Do you like leave money. it on the nightstand? I mean... Dude, why can't you tip doctors and nurses? Well, when it came to my proctor, I really wanted to like tip heavy so I'd be treated. Can you nicer. accept gifts? Like if I brought you a <laughs> bottle of liquor or something, I'm like you saved my life. It's a it's a, uh, a touchy topic in medicine. I think in the ER world, uh, I definitely have had people come and give me a bottle of wine or yeah, come and give I me, uh, made me I mean, like a scrub shirt life. and say, "Hey, you saved my," life. and I'll accept it ab- absolutely because it's not something I am not. But not, not quid pro quo. It's not quid pro quo. It's not kickback. I'm not uh, gonna. Hey, if it doesn't, if I you don't give me one next time, I'm not gonna save your <laughs> life. You know, kind what, of thing. Like, don't you that. have to declare your kickbacks anyway? Um, I'm sure Isn't you that do. And that's a good thing about being an ER doc. I don't have a pager. I don't have to deal with pharmaceutical companies. I don't have to deal oh. with people going into the ER and trying to sell me things. Okay. Uh, it's just show up, save lives, go home, repeat. That'd okay. be like the world's worst pharmaceutical rep. You know, they're in an ER, blood flying everywhere. Like, All right, can I just quickly talk to you about Yeah, a little symmetrics? bit. So we're usually too busy to uh, have any of that stuff. I, uh, in nine years of being an ER doctor, I have taken less than five, I believe, lunch breaks. Uh, so yeah, is that something that three three in residency. So you're telling me you're you're hungry when you're operating on people. Uh, I'm usually I I'm I usually haven't urinated for four to six hours. Like, get, get the man one of those yeah. batting helmets with uh, you put protein shakes in the the beer holders. You just, <laughs> The pressure just mounts more and more and more. Is that something the TV shows get right? Because, uh, you what? know, like on the the fire stage, I've been interviewing some firefighters for this video series, and they all say every firefighter show just gets it wrong. Yeah, you know, they usually do. They usually do. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, like House is one of my favorite shows. It's only actually 
uh, show I, I've ever watched, other than Scrubs, medically wise, because I just can't watch them. Mm-hmm. And I, it's my everyday life. Uh, they're they're usually uh, the house. You can jump. You can get the answer within the first ten minutes with standard blood work. Uh, it doesn't need a whole show of him hiding somebody and almost you know killing yeah. the person, all that stuff. Usually, it's it's right in front of your. But face he doesn't see the usual cases. He does not. Uh, so uh, he's an infectious you disease doctor. Right? Those guys special. are real smart. You know, those guys are. Well, real I felt the smart. same way. The early days of CSI, we're like, okay, we've got this person's ragged toenail. We got a match of the. It's like you got DNA. Just run a DNA test. I I feel the same That's thing on CSI. They don't have a nail. Ninety-eight percent of all things could have been handled with a simple DNA test. Instead of them finding all these, of course. Yeah, there are certain blood tests. Instead of breaking into the patient's house and going through their stuff. And finding out that they're a cocaine dealer from 1970s, and that's somehow that, you have no that cocaine that, okay? that went bad in the thing went, you know, no, you could just do it. So that sounds test. like good TV to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> good TV. Again, <laughs> when I, I visited my sister in law school for her final semester and talking with one of her law professors, and they're like, you seem to have a, a decent legal mind. Have you ever thought about being a lawyer? I'm like, no, because I'd make a great TV lawyer. In reality, I'd be disbarred in like 30 seconds. So there's there's a difference between. Your well, team let me and ask God. you this: uh, one thing that's always bothered me about the medical community is the or the world, like, I guess the, the the departments how they run. Why why would they want you to work like that, where you don't take a break? And it's a militaristic uh, 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 kind of society. Medicine is, and it just really it, it's from the beginning. It's some it's a culture that uh, we have been trying to break for at least a generation now. Is that whole thing of look? Like, why would I'm I want you better. on a shift at twenty four hours? I've worked one hundred hours straight. Look at me, I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, I've worked one hundred hours straight. You're an idiot. Your patients are going to suffer. Yeah, you that's are what going I, to suffer. I don't really get. Back then, it wasn't like that. Uh, a story that uh, an old attending of mine told me when I was a resident. She uh, was in her surgery uh, uh, residency program. This was in the nineties. She was pregnant. The attending at the time said, if you need to use a restroom during a case, you do not come back to the case. So she had to put a Foley catheter up herself. See, that's dedication right that there. That is dedication. I, I dig it. I okay. dig it. Nowadays, the, nowadays that even use a glove. Between the fingernails and the catheter, I'm, I'm, I want to. So she literally, bah. she folded herself to be able to get through this, yeah. these surgeries. I mean, that is dedi- That is what it took back then. It shouldn't take that nowadays. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I like it on the record that right now, anatomically, I resemble a Ken doll, and we're just going to leave it at that. So well, we, have a, we have a listener question here. Okay, yeah, we, we'll take questions. No, but so I, well. Let me finish because I don't really. Let's get off the camera. I know my wife, and I know when she, I can tell when she hasn't eaten the way the way, the way she comes. She gets home, hangry. and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, did they not feed you there? Like, well, it's it's the business of medicine. So in the ER world, uh, it is hey, you have this amount of time to get this patient seen, taken care of, and out of that out of the hospital. You have this amount of time to get them seen, taken care of, and then admitted to the hospital. And a month later, your times are off. Why are they off? What are you doing wrong? So it actually, this and comes you from always, higher you up. You can always so stump them. It's saving lives. And it puts pressure on you. Well, I have to save the life. And then after I save the life, I have to walk next door and see the toe pain and then the sore throat next door to that. Uh, in the ER, uh, it, the numbers game, 11% of what comes through the emergency room is considered critical care where someone's going to die. Okay, 11%? Uh, 11% wow. of what we do is actually life or death. Now, 33% is orthopedic-related, so broken bones. I mean, where else are you going to go at 3 o'clock in the morning if you dislocate your shoulder, if you dislocate your knee, if you break your ribs, if you whatever, right? Skull fracture, car accident, heart attack, shot, stabbed, whatever. So they, they're, all, they're all coming in there too, but 
33% is orthopedic related. So only, and then, you know, throwing the rest of OB, you know, probably 10% or so uh, OB stuff. And so now we're trying to compartmentalize. We have an OBER. So someone who's coming in a certain, preg you know, they're, they're pretty pregnant. They're going to go straight there and make sure it's not that. So we're, we're trying to okay. kind of compartmentalize nowadays. But a lot of that pressure comes from higher up, from suits. If you look at all the numbers, the amount of physicians, the amount of nurses, have the, the, the numbers of, of them have not gone up. They've plateaued, if not decreased. The administration have quintupled you know, exponentially. So, you know, we're throwing all this money at people to tell the doctors and nurses what to do and how fast to do them. Well, yeah, the only reasonable thing I can think of is there's just not enough doctors. So that's why well, they have to schedule and Brett's expect this, this performance from you because... You know, we can't. We don't have fifty thousand doctors. We only have twelve. Well, yeah. That can work in this. According to Brett, you know, AMA regulates physician paychecks, but medical corporations keep the cost down by paying fewer doctors. So uh, I'm not yeah, sure that's the whole story, but I'm sure that plays a plays I mean, a part. A, yeah, do doctor uh, paid Medicare reimbursement is going to be a huge reason why uh, there's going to be a large lapse of primary care physicians. My uh, uh, father-in-law is a GI doc, hepatologist, gastroenterologist over in New uh, was he retired last year, but uh, he's a Medicare doc and he received sometimes a dollar reimbursement, seventy-five cents. Paychecks. I mean, like checks in the mail that cost more for the, the stamp, postage, cost the, postage right. the sending, the, the, the you know the shipping, handling, all of that. Then the actual, and he's in his seventies. I hope he's not listening. Uh, but he, he so he likes, to, he likes to make phone calls and really rip into these guys, right? Which I love. But you know, like he's got that time, and he's in his seventies. Uh, so he's like that angry, grumpy old man, kind of you know, like hey, let me let me give them a piece of my mind, which is good. Mm -hmm. But you're talking, you know, thirty minute doctor-physician visit in the office, and he gets $2 back for it. So, whoa, you know, you did 12 years of training, not drinking, not eating, stressing yourself, yeah. not growing your family, not making money, not for doing, 75 you know, cent for 75 check. cents for a visit. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. So uh, uh, that ends up becoming one thing, and we're going to see huge Well, we need to get shortage. you back in later because we can always talk about, you know, med medical medical care is always a, a hot topic. Yeah. That well, is we got to get to the coronavirus. Yeah, we do want to talk coronavirus oh, yeah. and the headlines. So that's we're always about the headlines So here. as an old man, as the old man of the group, I'm probably as old as both of you put together, uh, every decade we've had, or every generation we've had, the earth-ending event. You know, acid rain, uh, bird flu, nuclear war, climate. I mean, just uh, every generation, there's something that's guaranteed we're going to die from this one. Um, but now it seems to have accelerated to every year. You know, this year it's coronavirus. It isn't, I, I'm, it's not like the common cold, a coronavirus True. So coronavirus, it's not the coronavirus. This is just a strain of a well, virus. Well, it's, it's, it's a strain of coronavirus that, uh, uh, so there are, I think, six to nine strains, and uh, one of them, several do affect humans, but this is not the one that affects humans or, or did initially. So there's a lot of these uh, uh, what we call zoonotic uh, uh, viruses. Uh, and uh, and they those stick jump, with the zoo. They jump <clears throat> from animal to uh, human oh there's enough interaction between the human and the virus from the animal because you know they're always in contact with the animal the person at some over hundreds of years at some point that virus changes its genetics enough to be able to make that jump from from animal to human so are you trying to be a, so is this the a biggest, vegan message to give you the biggest example is hiv 
Okay. HIV is yeah. is the biggest one. Someone before. ate a monkey, right? Is that what that was? They ate a monkey. There was yeah, a well, monkey was involved. Yeah. So so uh, simian SIV, simian immunovirus, whatever SIV was the virus that jumped and morphed to HIV to the uh, to people, mm-hmm. and it was the, the thought is constant contact of monkeys and people, whether it's. Uh, eating them, whether it's uh, keeping them as pets or whatever yeah. it is. And so this coronavirus, either bats or snakes, it seems to have jumped. And so the problem Frickin is our, our 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 bodies don't understand what's going on. They hey, it's a, So the coronavirus that we know that our bodies understand is a common cold. Uh, okay. But this one seems to... That's do, why the symptoms seem normal for two weeks. Exactly. Dry cough, cold, yeah. some, some malaise, some flu-like symptoms, and then... Uh, uh, well, I've had that around. for 12 years now. Yeah. So. No, the problem, again, is, uh, is, is sure, it's probably not going to be as bad as they like to are making it out. Uh, if there is a 2% uh, lethality rate, that's actually pretty big. Cause if yeah, you think that's about, comparable to Spanish flu. Yes, and so that's the other one that was the big uh, uh, jump. Uh, with Spanish flu. So this, if this ends up being big, would be the third one that we know of that has made a huge jump and, and can do damage. Now, the we can, I, I don't like... I don't like either side of what's going on right now, and the reason is we don't know. Mm-hmm. The virus has been out since December. We've only tested... We've tested less than 1,000 here in this country. South Korea is testing 10,000 a day. So... So there is a, a large, I, I feel there is a lot of it already here. But again, it seems to be mild mostly. So I don't think most when people say, are going to get sick. When you say mild, do you mean like? Flu-like symptoms. Young people are not going to. Uh, non-fatal. Non-fatal. Okay. Uh, now, if you're if you're on oxygen, if you're oxygen dependent, you have end-stage COPD, you have end-stage congestive heart failure. Uh, unfortunately, my population, where the population, and that's why my serve, mom is bubble wrapping. She's got COPD yes. on oxygen, okay. so that she's is bubble concerning. wrapping herself. That is concerning because that that is uh, the common cold can take someone out. The flu mm-hmm. virus, I mean, obviously, flu can take anybody out, but uh, those things are going to be way more uh, aggressive, lethal, hard to handle with somebody whose lungs are more finicky, who got fluid build up in their lungs. Who, who just can't handle it. So, <clears throat> well, do you feel like it's kind of silly that we always have to remind each other to wash your hands? I do, but the, and if it, but and that's if it the only up, message I'm hearing today that's kind of consistent among across the board. They even like, repainted the be or be someone thing. Remember yeah, that's yeah, a train thing. Yeah, wash your hands. I mean, it, it is a it, washing your hands is the not with Purell, but actually not with soap Purell. and water. Soap and water, please don't use it. Purell is gonna stop working at some point. Soap and water, soap and water, soap and water. And don't forget the Dove is ninety nine and forty four one hundreds pure. What? All right. The old commercials, Dove. They didn't say pure what. It was just ninety nine point forty four. Okay, pure love. I don't know. It was Dove. It. it makes me break out in a rash. So, listener Brett had a question. So we're we're <laughs> we skirting the line between, uh, you you know, like from your professional medical opinion. He says, "I'm curious if Dr. Jamal thinks that the coronavirus epidemic uh, will cause the CDC to go back to actually working to control diseases." And not trying to regulate behavior such as smoking, weapons use, etc. So what? Uh, do you, what are your that's a loaded question, but basically, I think the CDC, the WHO, and all these organizations need to uh, have some autonomy to do what they need to do, and not have any government people uh, telling them what to do. And because we're dependent on them. Uh, all my information, I only go to the CDC to look for information for these things. I do not read the Facebook posts of, you know, somebody I knew in high school who's, 
who now has seems to have a medical degree in virology. So you don't tune in to Dr. Phil to find uh, out. Dr. The Phil is not the person. He has oh, okay. nice mugs and all that, but otherwise I would not go to Dr. Phil. Okay. To, and the problem is this, again, is we don't know the numbers here. It, it could end up just being a seasonal thing, but again, it could be a seasonal thing like the flu. And we know the flu kills tens of thousands of people in this country. So then we're adding another virus every year, possibly that's going to kill tens of thousands of people every year. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Another thing, these Outbreaks are happening every year on a new virus, it seems. The reason is we're a global community now, and and one of these is eventually going to be the one. I mean, I, I, I personally think that. I don't think the coronavirus is going to be it, but there will be one. Look at Zika. Zika is a big deal. No one talks about it. It doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean it well, went yeah, away. It's, a, it's, it's still a squirrel mentality there. in the media. Squirrel, so, over here. So no one traveled when Zika was the big, big topic. Yeah. Guess what? Zika still causes microcephaly, causes babies with these... With big ma- heads. Ma- yeah, big the, heads. sorry, macrocephaly. Like, I apologize. These really, really big heads. You think that Zika stopped causing that because the media stopped talking about it? Right. But did everybody go back to traveling? Yes. So that is now... It is an endemic situation in, in South America, Zika. And we don't talk about it anymore because it's not a big deal. It's not the f- flavor du jour, mm-hmm. the virus du jour. Yeah. But it's still, so I, I, that's my issue with all these is as soon as it goes away, the, the hype, the viruses will be here to stay. And so they will cause damage. And yeah, 2%, but if you have a friend or family that falls in that that's 2%, the 2% that's a big you only deal. part of. That's a big deal. And I want to do one last follow-up because I know we have to go because go. I think this is for like people who don't know better. Uh, my mother thinks that antibiotics cure everything in the in the universe, and of course, I'm I'm concerned on the other end about how antibiotics pass out like candy that you can't build up. So with the virus, antibiotics do something, nothing. Uh, they're going to do nothing now. Most most everything is supportive care, but I will tell you, uh, uh, likely that they are receiving antibiotics if they do have the pneumonias, like the, the re- complications the reason, from the, the virus. The reason is because that uh, they would have to uh, in it would it would be stupid not to start them in on antibiotics first if they have the pneumonia until you check their sputum cultures to make sure that they're not growing any bugs uh, because you can easily have, I see, I do pediatrics as well. Mm-hmm. So I do both pediatrics and adults and I saw a lot of flu pneumonias when flu was, you know, really like peak season this year. A lot of kids had flu and pneumonia and they got antibiotics because at some point we, we don't know if it's viral pneumonia or if it's a superimposed, meaning just a tough luck, you have the bacterial pneumonia on top of having the flu. So if it's straight up coronavirus Sounds symptoms, like it seems presumptive coronavirus, but you don't have that flu, that any kind of infiltrate or, or pneumonia that you can see on an x-ray, supportive care only, you do not need antibiotics. Okay. Now, if you're being sick enough to be admitted to the hospital, you likely what? will receive antibiotics uh, uh, but uh, that's going to be doctor dependent. Awesome. Well, thank you. Boys so and girls, we've been listening to uh, Dr. Jamal Rahimi, MD. Yeah, that's right. I, I went redundant there, but he's been awesome. He's the inventor of the Suture Buddy, uh, available on Amazon. Uh, actually, we, we we stopped selling on Amazon, on our direct website, SutureBuddy.com. SutureBuddy.com. Yeah, all those this black so markets. Cool. I want to get one. Who's Seriously, bu- I'm going to go buddy, buy one. Suture Buddy. So uh, you've been listening to Dixon Skipping in the Morning. Stay tuned. There's more shows coming yeah, on. Yeah, we're going to be here on Wednesday with Jay Silberg. I think he's coming in at 9 o'clock. Awesome. Two so hours we'll of great conversation him. with Mr. Jay. So stick around with that. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. We'll see you guys later. Love you love.